Her dad was from Argentina. Um, his name was Antonio Rodriguez. Uh, he had long blonde hair. Mm -hmm. He would wear in a ponytail and bright blue eyes. And he traveled to the United States in tourist class on the Queen Mary. Oh, my God. We had no way of knowing any of that. Happy Halloween, all you Holly weirdos. We hope that you're having a wonderful yet creepy and spooky Halloween, even though it's on a Tuesday. But don't worry, don't fret. We decided to supply you with part two of our fascinating interview with renowned paranormal investigator, magician, and apparitionist, Eden Sinclair. We delve deeper into the chilling tales surrounding the ghosts of the Queen Mary and Stanley Hotel. Sinclair, known for his ability to connect with the spirits of the departed, shares his most spine-tingling encounters at these iconic locations, especially with his interactive, theatrical performance of 57 Ghosts at the Queen Mary. With his extensive knowledge, his ethical paranormal approach and investigations, along with his firsthand experiences, Aidan Sinclair offers a very unique insight into the mysteries that surround these haunted locations, leaving us to ponder the existence of the afterlife and the enduring presence of the supernatural. And it always falls back to the question that we always ask. Does the location have an impact on us? Or is it us that has the impact on the location? We talk about this and so much more, but before you proceed with part two, make sure that you've listened to part one, because it's still a goodie. Now, you already know the drill, friends. You want to grab that salt lamp, sprinkle that circle of salt, and because it's Halloween, maybe put an extra circle around you and gather that extra bag of Halloween candy. Because it's Halloween, and we're about to get Holly Weird with magician and apparitionist Aiden Sinclair and all 57 of his ghosts. Let's get Holly Weird. Her dad was from Argentina. Um, his name was Antonio Rodriguez. Uh, he had long blonde hair. Mm -hmm. He would wear in a ponytail and bright blue eyes. And he traveled to the United States in tourist class on the Queen Mary. Oh, my God. We had no way of knowing any of that. Oh, my God. So, um, so we started investigating. At that point, we're like, we want to we want to investigate. We want to know more. Um, so we looked at methods of investigation and, um, I, there's a gentleman named Carl Pfeiffer. Um, he's a very dear friend of mine and, and Carl and mm -hmm. his friend Connor Randall ran a team at the Stanley for a long time. Yeah. They, they created the Estes method. Right. And, uh, and that's their thing. They made it, they created it. It's now out in the world and popular. Um, and it, it drives me nuts sometimes because people are like, I'm going to try the Estes method. We're like, <laughs> Estes. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Name of the town is Estes. Yeah. Estes. <laughs> Nothing to do with testicles. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> there, there are no Estes. So uh, uh, you're going to do it. Know what it's called. Uh, but also, right. you know, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, pay tribute to the people who created it. You know, that word. That and, word. You know, 
there's so many people that do it and, and it's now on national television a lot and nobody ever goes, this was created by Carl Pfeiffer and Connor Randall and, and gives credit to the guys who, who came up with this idea. And the idea is brilliant because spirit boxes have become very popular. Yeah. I, I was always very adverse to them mm. because of confirmation bias. The first time I saw a spirit box used, uh, somebody put one out, mm. a bunch of people stood in a circle around it and they turned it on and you hear the radios going, you know, you just hear the static and inevitably somebody goes, oh, I heard Dave. Yeah. And the moment somebody verbalizes that suddenly goes, oh, yeah, I think I did too. Yeah. And it, there's no validity in that. There's no, that is the way your brain works. It want as human beings, we are made to, to, to associate, to, to make those connections and to create order when there's chaos. chaos so if correct. you're hearing exactly. things that do not correlate, yeah. your brain is actively looking for Dave, correct. like anything to make this make sense. So all of that was really, I was like, shut up, you know, just, um, the same thing with like a lot of people that come to investigation or come to the ship, they come with these apps on their phone and they're like, Oh, I'm on the queen Mary. And I said this and the word Jackie came up. Yeah. You, you bought an app, but you don't know who coded that app. You don't know who wrote it. Um, you don't know if if you if it's geolocating you and knowing and that, oh, you're on the Queen Mary. What ghost stories are associated exactly. with the Queen Mary? Yeah. Um, uh, even the little voice recorders that people get very happy about, the little Panasonic things that cost $1,000, uh, those things have software in them that are designed to recognize voice. Yes. So when, they, when, they, when you're in a room that's quiet, if there's static in the room, it, that software is made to turn that static into a word that it, yeah. it thinks maybe I didn't hear it. And that's a lot of people who do this. They don't know that. They don't know how the equipment actually works. So they trust it when maybe you shouldn't. But what made Estes compelling is the person gets put in headphones and they can't hear anything in the room. All they can hear is the spirit box. That's it. And wow. they're is to just say what they hear. Um, and then they wear a blindfold so that they can't see anything in the room. So that if somebody goes, how many fingers am I holding up? They can't see that. They can't see this and they can't hear the question. Mm -hmm. So if somebody was sound isolated and visually isolated and you go, how many fingers am I holding up? And that person suddenly says three. Where did that come from? Yeah. Why, did you, why did you say that? Um, and I think there's also a stream of consciousness that kind of happens in Estes because the, it, it's especially on the ship, it's made out of steel. So, you know, it's hard to get radio signals in some places. So you get words, a word here, a word there, but occasionally people will say full sentences. Where did that sentence come from? Did you actually hear it from the radio or did you hear a voice in your head? You know, um, and when you start to have a deliberate conversation with someone who's really cannot know half of it, it's really cool. And it, it absolutely makes this kind of very wondrous experiment of, mm. of, you know, what is there and what is happening. So we really do investigate primarily through Estes. Uh, we use K2s in the same way that 16-year-old girl did. We'll lay out a bunch of them. And if they start going off, then we're like, no, 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 just that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just that one. I always travel with more than one, too. Because, yeah, it's just so much better that way yeah. than just one. Yeah. Because yeah, you just don't know. If you're walking around with just one, it goes off. It could literally be the wiring in the wall next yeah. to you. That is so true. We talk about this so often, but 
there is a healthy skepticism that I think is important to cultivate in the pursuit of what could be in the afterlife or what you could be experiencing. Not because you're closing yourself off to beliefs, but because we live in a world with technology and there are waves and signals and the entire consciousness of human history lives in our pockets and our phones. Like there's so much happening, like a very healthy skepticism without closing yourself off is arguably one of the most important tools because it stops you from letting yourself get like carried away exactly. by what could just be the air conditioning turned on. Yeah. Like you don't know. Yeah. 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 We, we constantly approach investigation as like, okay, something happened. What could have made that happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How is that? How we how is that not a ghost first? When we run out of those answers, then it gets curious. Exactly. Um, so what is fascinating is when we started investigating, we we started investigating in the Ropolt and in our theater on the ship in 2018. And there was a resident paranormal team that was coming through this ship um, constantly. And it, as soon as we came on the ship, we kind of locked that group out of the forward space. And it had nothing to do with the paranormal. It had to do with, we had a lot of antiques and expensive things in the room. And I was coming through with 20 people a night, twice a night, um, and he didn't have any insurance. So, you know, a, a pocket watch from the Titanic is not replaceable. Wow. You know, if it, it's very hard to manage 20 people at once. And if you're at the front of the line, yeah. you're not the person in the back. And so, I don't like tours. Like I don't like doing investigations with a, that amount of people. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's difficult. Uh, yeah. So so we kind of were like, hey, we're not really comfortable with that many people coming through the space. We're going to lock the doors. Go, in, go do, yeah. do someplace else. And what also led to that was we were hearing the stories that were being told. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, and they were there. Somebody came back. I was like, oh, I was on the investigation last night. Did you know a baby died because they were slammed into a wall? And we're like, that, that, that never happened. It's an awful and sensational story, but that never happened. Oh, did you hear that this guy was locked in B340 for a, for the ship ride and a bunch of workers came through a secret door and killed him? We're like, that didn't happen. You know, there's all these really bizarre stories. So we started investigating in the rope hold and we start having interactions. Uh, and the interactions are not great. Um, and, and I don't mean like there were things that made you feel bad. Um, Becca is really super respectful when she, she treats it as a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we always start by saying, you know, hi, we're here. We'd really like to talk to you. Um, if you would like to talk to us, we're going to listen. But uh, also, we will respect you. If you don't want to talk to us at any time, you can say, go away, and we will leave. And if we get that, like, even if we say that, and immediately the first thing that comes out of Estes is go away, okay. Okay, we're, we're going to leave. We'll come back maybe tomorrow. Maybe you'll feel like talking tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, most paranormal investigators, like, I got to go away. Say good. Go away again. Mm-hmm. Do it again. You drag it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I need to know that that's what you said. We assumed that that was what was said. And we, that way it's respectful. Just like if you, if I was in your house and I said the same thing to you and you said, go away, you know, you'd be kind of annoyed if I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go away. But can you? you- sure. <laughs> He's been out six more yeah. times. Like, he translated yeah. in Spanish. How about that? Get out of my house. Yeah. So we started. Um, we started our one of our first Estes sessions that we did in the rope hold. Um, we started having interactions. I guess it was about the third one in. Um, we start having a, almost a conversation. 
with the person that was in headphones. And the person in headphones, we, we were like, hi, how, how are you? Would you like to talk to us? No. Why not? You want me to do tricks. I'm not a dog. I'm not a clown. I'm not knocking. Wow. Not knocking. Damn. And it hit really hard of how many people come yeah. to this ship every day, every yeah. single day, and go, if you're here, could you finish that? I would be, I would, I would be so sick of shaving a haircut if I was a ghost. You know what I mean? Like that's, um, do it again. Make this thing light up. Yeah. Touch me. Think. Um, and and the really sad thing about that is the investigators that conduct investigations that way, they're not investigating for the ghost. Mm. They are doing that for themselves. Well, it's yeah. a lot of social media individuals that it's go all- there now because it's the Queen Mary is sensationalized. And a lot of these individuals see those people online and they also copy a lot from the shows and they think that that is the way to go. And to be honest, I I mentioned this in other interviews, like I was a little shit too, thinking like this is how you do it. But realizing, no, if you actually talk to professionals, people who have been investigating the field, you know, with great professionalism and ethics and listening to them, you can get somewhere and get a lot of successful results. Yeah. And it's it's been really curious. And what it really came down to was building trust and relationship. Yes, yes. From that session. The rapport. To, we'll be back. Um, we're just here to talk. We're just here to listen. Um, and the very first night, you know, we were having this interaction. Becca was like, I just want to talk to you. We're here to listen. And the last thing that came through us to set for, for session was, no, you want me to do tricks then you, you'll leave too. Everyone leaves. And it came, it was really disheartening. You know, you were yeah. just like, shit, you know. Um, so the next time we investigated, we had a celebrity that came out uh, and did a weekend. And it's a friend. And, uh, and he's a very skeptical kind of investigator. And we we're having these kind of K2 interactions and Estes sessions that were, we couldn't really tell if something was happening or not. You know, you, you've had those sessions where you're like, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so someone's in headphones and uh, the investigator says, hey, if you're really here, tell me your favorite song. Tell me something about you. Tell me your favorite song. Mm. And there's this slight pause and the person in headphones goes, Skylark. And everybody kind of like thought about it for a moment and somebody was like, I think that's a bird. And nobody, and they moved past it. So I'm in the back of the room watching it and I listen to 1930s music mm. as a song. And it's a very popular song. And not only that, it's a it's a period appropriate song for the Queen Mary. Wow. And yeah. it's really a beautiful song. So I was like, huh. He named the song. But as a magician, when I go to investigate, if I'm if I'm at all around the investigation, I don't want to say anything. Because I feel like if I was to go, hey, that's really a song someone would feel like I was driving the narrative or manipulating it or that it was a trick. So so I just sit back and I watch. About three weeks after that, uh, we got a request from the public relations people in the Queen Mary that said, look, there's this celebrity who it's their birthday and they want to come and do your show privately, no public. And they'd also like to look for ghosts. Can you guys do like an investigation with them after the show? And we're like, all right. you know, And that's kind of hit or miss because you don't know I don't know these people. I don't know how they're going to be. Or, yeah. You know, 
you can meet celebrities that are really the nicest people in the world, but there are the, there is a certain there are people who are just pretentious and entitled and mean. Yes. And, I know. I used to know. be a stylist. So <laughs> I know. Trust me. Yeah. You're like, just, yeah, so you kind of, when you say yes, you're like, God, I hope they're nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they ended up meeting really nice people, right? Mm. They had never really done a paranormal investigation before. So we did a show. We took a walk around the ship and gave them a tour. And then we went back to the rope hold and our theater and went to do this investigation. And this girl puts on the headphones and... Uh, you know, we're kind of having a few interactions and, and my fiance, Becca goes, uh, um, Hey friend, are you here? And there was this pause and this girl goes, hi. And Becca goes, hi. Um, are you really here? Is that you? And it goes, yes, I want to hear my favorite song. And Becca and I fucking were like, holy shit. Because from the night that Skylark happened, we had music that was always playing in the room 24-7. So the night that Skylark was set, even though I didn't do anything in the investigation, at the end of the night, I downloaded Skylark and I put it on our playlist. Wow. That song would play in our room, you know, every three or four hours. And I was like, if you asked for it, I'm going to play it for you. So now we have this interaction where somebody goes, I want to hear my favorite song. And Becca was relatively new at investigating at the time. And I, I give her so much credit for this because I would have anticipated her to go like, oh, you want to hear Skylark? Mm -hmm. You know, but she didn't. She goes, okay, I'll play it for you. But um, can you can you tell me the name of the song? And the next thing out of Estes is, you know it. Please. So it's like, okay. So Becca goes, okay, I think I know it, but I just want to make sure. Um. Uh, so if I name a song, if it's the song you want to hear, would you say yes? Or if it's hard for you to say yes, will you touch this K2 right here? This this green light, will you touch this green light? And the green light goes bam, all the way to red. And it's laying right next to two other K2s. So we're like, okay, that's a thing. So Becca goes, all right, do you want to hear second start of the right? Nothing happens. She goes, okay, do you want to hear dream a little dream of me? Nothing happens. She goes, do you want me to play Skylark? Bam, full red, and it pegs out and stays there. You know, like it's literally, and then then it slowly goes down. And Becca goes, okay, hey, okay, friend. Thank you. I'm sorry to test you. I just wanted to know I was talking to you. I'm going to play it for you. So she goes and grabs the iPad, and, and literally we have like 500 songs on the stamp thing. So she's scrolling <laughs> to find Skylark. And as she's scrolling, um, suddenly the, uh, the person in Estes goes, I can't hear it. And Becca goes, I, I haven't found it yet. Hold on a minute. Hold on. It's not playing. And then she goes, I found it. Here you go. And she presses it. And the music starts going into the room. Starts playing. And uh, as the music starts playing, uh, about maybe 20 seconds into it, the person in headphones who has no idea that music is even being played says, I like it. I'm dancing. And then all of a sudden, the K2 started pegging out to red to the beat of the music. Oh, my God. So I, I get emotional thinking about it because, I, I, you know, it was like, to me, this was the most real interaction. Mm. And it was literally like I was talking to somebody, like we had somebody in the room who was talking to us back in yeah. Um And then the K2 pegs out to red and it stays red for the entire song. Um, mm -hmm. it's not the speaker in the room. It's nothing like that. You know, it, it, as soon as 
song ends, the speaker's still on, and it it drops back down to green. And all of the music was playing before. We just had the volume turned down. So we had never turned off the music. So it wasn't the Bluetooth. It wasn't anything like that. Uh, so the thing uh, ends, the K2 drops back down to green, and the girl in headphones suddenly goes, play another one. So we're like, okay, what do you want to hear? We will play music for you all night long. What do you want to hear? You you tell us the song. And then the girl in headphones just goes, <sighs> she just, this real heavy sigh. And that was just her. And she goes, uh, the next thing she says is, never mind. And then she pauses for a moment. She said, I had a girlfriend. It's been a long, long time. Oh, Everything stopped. So, um, so this entity that we had this interaction with, we just started calling Skylark. Oh. We we literally would keep the song playing all the time. Oh, when I get to the ship, the first thing I do is I go to that space and I go, "Hey, Skylark, if you're here, and I'll play the song for." Them. Uh, and then the pandemic happened, mm. and we were literally having interactions consistently. Every week, every, you know, all the time, every Friday, we would go talk to him. Every Saturday, we would go talk to him. We'd do a show and we'd stay on the ship for a couple of hours afterwards, just talking to him. Right. And through those conversations, it it got to a point of we knew too much, you know, we, and we didn't want to bias ourselves. So we started inviting, we started opening up public paranormal investigations of like 10 people. And if you came on the investigation, we would start it off by going, look, we're not going to tell you anything. Mm. Um, at the end of the night, at the end of the night, we will tell you everything and we will, and we'll see what happens tonight. So that way we were putting strangers in headphones that didn't know about Skylark, didn't know the song, didn't have any clue of, are we interacting with a male, a female, um, any of his personal information that he seemed to have conveyed to us. And it was consistent. We were getting the same answers out of other people. That's true. And that's how you do it, man. That's how you eliminate bias too. Yeah. And you have to you have to account for your own. You gotta take your own ego out of it and go exactly. let's just let's just see what happens. So the downside was then the pandemic hit and the ship closed. So the day that the ship closed, we had a public paranormal investigation set up for that Friday, and we had this realization of like this person that we seem to be talking to has gotten used to talking to us and now we're just going to be gone. That's not okay. So we we talked to the management of the ship. We're like, hey, can we at least, since we can't do this publicly, the ship is empty. Uh, um, can we go on the ship? Obviously, there's nobody around, so we're not going to infect anybody with COVID. There's no, you know, the risk is it's me and the person I live with. Yeah. Can we go on the ship and do an investigation and put it on YouTube for the people who weren't going to come? And that that's a way for any at home and you remember you know like during the pandemic it was like how can we experience the world from our house exactly this was a way to bring people to the ship so we did the investigation and we tried to explain things like we went down the rope hold we're like hey we're gonna be gone for a while like there's 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 a flu people are sick uh, we we can't be amongst other people right now but i promise you we will be back and uh, what came out of the headphones was told you you'd leave. Wow. Oh. And you're just like, fuck. You know, it was just, it was literally like having a friend that you were letting down or that you felt like you were letting down. 
So um, we made arrangements with the ship to keep coming back as much as we could, but it was really inconsistent. And over that time, it was almost like uh, this entity withdrew Hmm. and got less reactive. Then the ship started to open and we came back and we're like, hey, we're back. We told you we'd be back. Nothing, nothing, nothing for weeks. Uh, Becca would do these test investigations, you know, just we'd bring some people out, um, nothing. And Becca was really hurt by it. She was just like, man, I, I've hurt this person. I've let this person down. He won't talk to me anymore. You know, uh, I think it's, I think it's harder for a woman. Cause I think she was going through like this, this process of like being ghosted by a guy. Yeah. Who, right, yeah. And know, like, <laughs> talk about this. We asked, can you be ghosted by a ghost? And this now yeah. proofs it. But what is cool, <laughs> we've been back now. Right. And, mm-hmm. Every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Becca's in the rope hold. And over the last three weeks, it's come back. Hmm. And it's coming back really subtly. It's coming back in different ways. Um, The interactions have changed a little bit to where uh, uh, we have an EDI meter in the room. So uh, the interactions lately have been through the yellow light on the EDI meter. There keeps being... Nice. At first, Becca was like, it's glitchy. But now it's consistently... A little blink, blink, and it's very deliberate. Blink, blink, and it's in. It doesn't always happen. It's not. It's not a consistent glitch. It just. It's very deliberate, as like, a, hey, are you okay? Blink, blink. You know. So we've been working yes and no responses with that. As the just, EDI is a really good, like, it's a really good tool. I, I really love it because it records. You know. You yes. Get, yeah. Yeah, uh, people don't know you could put a little like SIM card in it and records yeah. everything. Yeah. Yep. So the things that you don't visually see. Mm-hmm. So the downside is there is some darker history that if you want it, I'll share it with you uh, from that area as well. I know we've been going for a while, but no, no, people lo- like they are. Yeah, they great. want this. <laughs> we do have uh, ten more minutes, and so, yeah, oh yeah, go right ahead. So, so the cookie thing is, as we were having these interactions in the rope hold. Um, we were also having these other interactions where uh, uh, someone would be in headphones and they would say something like, go away, he's coming. What does that I can't mean? talk to you anymore. Oh no, what does that mean? Oh my! I have to go now. A lot of that, I have to go now. Uh, and we also, Becca initially would be like, hey, can you tell me your name? No names, no names. And Becca, Becca's awesome, but I kind of grew up, I grew up Catholic and then I had a really broad exposure um, uh, to all religions, so to speak. Uh, there was a time in my life I got in trouble. I went to prison and uh, my job in prison was to be the prison librarian uh, in the chapel, which wow. I loved. It's the quietest place. But the very first day somebody came up and was like, hey, what's a good book about the Quran? I don't, I don't know, but I have five years of time. So I'm reading all of this. Mm-hmm. So I, at that time I read the Quran wow. or uh, I read Christian science or, you know, I revisited the Bible. And then I went down the rabbit hole because they had a pagan religion section. Um, they had a section for Odinists that was all these Norse beliefs, and they had a very large Wiccan section. Wow. So uh, there was also a lot of Crowley books, uh, a Crowley. So you're, you're kind of going down the rabbit hole of ritualistic magic and the Kabbalah. And I was really fascinated and a bit drawn to this idea that I thought it was hysterical that all these mainstream organized religions, uh, I, and it didn't matter if it was uh, Judaism, Christianity or or being a Muslim, they all had very strong beliefs and rules and strict laws and 
you know, don't do this, do this. Yeah. yeah this person's bad. Um, you know, you can't do this. This is a sin. And then you open up a book about witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And these three religions are like, burn those fuckers. And the- <laughs> really? their, their rule mean- was like, one rule. They were like, we have one rule. Do what you want, but don't hurt anybody. Yeah. Just don't be an asshole. <laughs> you know, and yep. the idea of whatever you do is going to come back to you. That it's it's the most simple of things and the most. Uh, so uh, in studying those books, though, I also learned about ritual magic and, you know, the idea of uh, magic numbers and mm-hmm. and binding. And uh, they literally had uh, this massive book that was like the Encyclopedia of Demons. And, uh, you know, so. It, it opened my mind to the idea of entities and things that are around us. Wow. Uh, and to give you an example of this, there was a really, really powerful moment. And uh, was an investigation where nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And our investigations had become so consistent. Things were happening every time that we almost came to expect it. Mm-hmm. One night, a bunch of public people came and nothing for three hours. Nothing happened. It happens. Yeah. But here's where it gets trippy is the there was this Hispanic woman who came with her daughter and the whole investigation, she's sitting in the back and she's doing this with her jewelry. She's just holding her jewelry. And at the end of the night, I actually apologized. I was like, I'm really sorry. Nothing happened tonight, but you know, the ghosts aren't on the payroll. All we can do is try to talk to, talk to us. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but you paid money and um, to do this. And I'm sure you were expecting something to happen, but we're not going to make something happen for you. It either happens or it doesn't. So, and this woman goes, oh, no, I'm very happy nothing happened. And I, w- I didn't want anything to happen. I was praying nothing would happen. And she now lets go of her jewelry, and she's wearing a crucifix and a St. Michael medallion. Oh, yeah. So I said, well, if you didn't want anything to happen, why'd you come? And she was like, oh, I don't like ghosts. I, my daughter, it's her 16th birthday. She wanted to be here, so I came for her. So oh, growing up, wow. I just go, hey, so can I ask you something? You said you were praying for something to happen. She goes, oh, yeah. And I said, were you praying to St. Michael the whole time that you were here? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And she left. And I was like, holy shit. I had this woman in the room who for three hours was calling upon this very powerful entity, an archangel, whose job uh-huh. it is to protect people. Now, I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, mm-hmm. but- there's enough people who believe in the Archangel Michael. And yeah. much like an Aggregor, maybe that belief has made that a thing. And it's and an archangel is not a, a little entity. That's a that's a that's like bringing in the big guns. Yeah. So that means to me, the night that nothing happened, something from hey, really profound happened because maybe she brought somebody in with her that pushed everybody else out. It's like, nope, I'm not happening tonight. But then yeah. you know. Uh or nothing happened, but still, that was still just curious. So, yeah. Out of all of this, though, um, we were up for about three months, and uh, the strangest thing to happen on the ship was three months into our opening when we started doing investigations. I went to the local Starbucks in Long Beach and got my coffee in the morning, and there was a regular bunch of homeless people who are there every day. I see them every day, mm-hmm. uh, and I go, and I'm not, I'm not very social, uh, human before coffee. Like, like I need caffeine. <laughs> on God, yeah. 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 So, so I'm at a Starbucks. I'm kind of stirring the cream of my coffee, and somebody just walks up next to me, and I I smelled this person first, so I knew it was you know, um, and they put something down next to me, and I hear this woman go, "These are yours," 
And I, I don't even look at what they are. I was like, oh, gee, I don't, not now. I just want coffee, you know? So I wasn't in my best self. And I, I said, no, they're not mine. Thank you. They're not mine. And she goes, no, these are yours. And just the tone became so aggressive that I turned. And here's this homeless woman who's like five foot nothing. And she's glaring at me. And then I look at what she put down and it is a deck of tarot cards. Specifically, they were Aleister Crowley Toth Tarot in a pristine white box. And I looked down, I said, those are definitely not mine. And she goes, they're yours. The cards say they're yours. They're, they're yours. They're yours. They're yours. They're yours. And she's in this like, just going off, you know? But the Starbucks is right next door to a Hot Topic. So I was like, that's probably some Hot Topic girls. There was probably some girl that came, you know, and I started looking for a goth girl. I'm like, there's there's definitely a goth chick. <laughs> when in doubt, find a goth girl. Or the goth girl. Yeah, the way. <laughs> you know? So that's just my, my brain, you know? So I look around and I realize that there's nobody else in the store and nobody else had come in the store since I'd been there other than the, this homeless woman. And I look at her and I said, I promise you, those are not mine. And she goes, the cards say they're yours. They're yours. And then she turns around and starts walking away. And I, I pick up the cards. I walk over to her and I go, will you please take these? They're not mine. She goes, I will not take those. Those are yours. And I look down and I look at the cards and I go, okay, well, can I at least give you some money for these? And she goes, no. And I, I you guys are in LA. Have you ever met a homeless person who wouldn't take 20 bucks? No. Seriously. She yeah. walked out the store and I never saw her again. Yeah. And it hit me like, I've never seen her before. She's not one of the regulars. And then I opened the box of tarot cards and they are practically brand new. They're in new deck order. Um, they're not, they've never been shuffled. So they, they obviously weren't owned or used by a practitioner. So you're like, this is all weird. So immediately I called Becca and I'm like, so this just happened. And I send her a picture of the cards. And she goes down the rabbit hole of like, okay, let's Google the cards. And it turns out that the deck that she gave me is like a second generation deck that online sells for anywhere from $700 to $3,000. That they're immensely expensive. They're hard to find. And I was like, that whole thing is weird. So I'm going to call the master weird and tell them about this. So I call John Tenney. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> call the right person. <laughs> yes. Who are you going to call? call. Yeah. Yes. When so, now, call John call Tenney. Tenney. So, but the crazy thing about calling John Tenney is John Tenney never answers his phone ever. No. Um, he, he lives in the middle of nowhere, you know, and at the time he was taking care of his parents who were even yeah. farther in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so there was literally like a two hour window during the day where he even have a cell signal. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But I call him and I, I'm going to call him just to leave him a message and I know he'll get back to me. So, but I call him and you ever call somebody and they're just there, like the phone, you don't hear it ring. Yes. Yeah. There, which is creepy. That's what happened. Like I, I hit dial. And as soon as I put the phone in my, my ear, I hear breathing and I go, Tenny. And he goes, Aiden. And I was like, that's weird. Your phone didn't ring. And he was like, oh, that's actually weird that I, I got it at all because I'm in this weird two wear or window where I get cell service. So I was like, oh, okay. And so he's like, what's up? And I tell him what happened. And he goes, that's really strange. You were the third person this week to call me uh, with something having to do with Aleister Crowley. Oh, rule of three. Oh, so, so here's the rule of three, right? Yeah, oh, that's, that's oh, he goes, yeah. Yeah. And he goes, 
it's almost like he's trying to manifest or something. And I was like, yeah, it is. That's weird. And he goes, so I tell him what happens. And he goes, well, you know, I'm not too surprised. He goes, you know, you know, Alistair Crowley's ashes were buried in New Jersey. And I didn't know that. I said, no, I didn't know that. He was like, yeah, they're buried under a tree in New Jersey. Um, and I said, oh, what does that have to do with anything? He goes, well, you know, at the time that he died, there were only two ships that carried Royal Mail. So there were only two ships in the world that would have carried his ashes to the United States. And he goes, and you did just open a theater on the Queen Mary. So the other ship was the Queen Bye. So there's a coin flip that, you know, Alistair's ashes were carried to America on the ship where you just put a theater. And, and maybe that's his way of saying hello. Fuck. Of course. Of course he would know this. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where it gets better is when Tenny told me that, he knew I had a theater on the Queen Mary, but he didn't know where my theater was. Shit. The theater on the Queen Mary, the old Revenant room, was originally the mail room of the ship. Okay. If you were going to move human remains, that's where they would have been. Shit. <laughs> so we're like, what the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. Right? So... Mm -hmm. There's no coincidences, only <laughs> synchronicities. No. Synchronicities, it just gets really weird. So uh, about a month after that, we would start having these weird things. And I started thinking about the no names. Alistair would have been a person that recognized names have power. Names are required for summoning. Names are binding. Um, and and we started having really bizarre things. The more we kind of tweaked to like, I wonder if Alistair's here. I wonder if there's there's a little bit of him here. Um, the more we, we kind of thought about it, the more we became conscious of the interactions that we were having. And then we started taking note of things that we hadn't recognized before. For instance, the room, the theater, is always at 72 degrees. That's the, that's the temperature of the room. But then we went back and looked at the EDI. And every time we were hearing, he's coming or we have to go, the EDI would register 66.6 degrees. It is never 66.6 .6 degrees in the room. So their digital reading was changing without a change in actual physical temperature. And that's obviously that's his signature. You know, that's like his thing. Uh, Becca was doing a, an investigation one night and she thought she was having an interaction with a child. And all of a sudden, uh, the the person in headphones starts going, ha ha, lady in red. And Becca was wearing a red dress. And then all of a sudden, the person in headphones goes, you're my goat. You're my goat. You're my goat. You know, and you're like, no, and Becca at this point was like, no, you're not sacrificing me. I am not your goat. <laughs> you know? um, and then they would say things like, I'm going to push you down the stairs. Oh, shit. You're going to fall. Uh, and one night we put somebody in headphones who was very Ohio soccer mom, who, who's never heard of Alice Crowley. <laughs> you know? She puts her in headphones um, and uh, the, the data logger, we watch it change to 66.6. .6, and then this woman quotes, as uh, she says, it is the magic within our void. And that is a line from a Crowley ritual. Oh my God. Like, why did you say that? Where did that come from? So we can't say for sure, you know, what that is. But here was this very powerful practitioner of magic whose ashes got moved. And we try to think of it... Uh, I've come to call it a shade, you know, like mm -hmm. I, as like a horcrux, you know, like, yeah, I don't think it's Alistair, but I think it's something that was left here 
And because it's here, I think it's intelligent. And I think it has learned over the last 50 years, you know, and it continues to, to soak in information. And one of our goals actually in the next year is to go to some, some properties in England that Alistair owned where there have been paranormal interactions. Yeah. Because I'm curious to see if, if, if Becca was to go there, mm. would something there recognize her from here? That would I don't be really it, interesting to know. I don't think it would, but if it's a connected consciousness, then what is that? Yeah. So, um, so anyhow, that's, that's our history on the Queen Mary. And the- yeah, wow. That is Jesus. so astonishing. Yeah. That is so amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, and, and how like the Stanley, another popular place of like haunted destination. Yeah. I, still I, someone I, intertwined within your journey. Is. Yeah. That is so crazy. Oh my God. We could talk hours yeah. later. Literally. <laughs> about this. I have questions. Yeah. And we have to break this into two parts, but I yeah. mean, people would be like, oh, I, I would definitely be yeah. down for part two. Yes. Absolutely. Um, oh my God, real quickly, yeah. I have like, let's talk about two for two minutes. Yeah. Um, just a little amoosh boosh of the gray ghost um, yeah. that Becca leads. When yeah. I first met Becca, I thought she was a ghost. I'm like, what are <laughs> you looking at right now? <laughs> she, yeah. she came into the room and she gave you a big smooch. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I know she yeah. looks so beautiful. And she had this little dander. She's like, hi. Oh, and then she just uh, yeah. was ready to lead this huge group through like the yeah. trenches of the Queen Mary. But yeah. uh, for someone who wants to actually, uh, you know, go on the gray ghost, what is to be expected? Yeah. We, so we have two things that you can do now on the ship. Um, one is the seance that I do, which mm-hmm. is a, it's a theatrical experience that's about Jackie and the ghosts of the Queen Mary. And things are going to happen because I'm going to make them happen. Um, it's conjuring at its hopefully in a good way. Um, but it is not a place where you're going to come and talk to your departed. Uh, there is one moment in the show that might give somebody a little bit of that experience. Mm-hmm. And there are things that happen in the room because it's the Queen Mary that are paranormal. Um, so I would say in the show, there's two things that there's two shows. There's the show that the audience sees. And then there's the show that I see because yeah. things inevitably do happen. I'm like, fuck, I did not do that. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. You know, that happened. So the Great Ghost Project is Becca's project, and that is a legitimate paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hosts it. Um, it's um, set at about 20 people per investigation. So a lot of people are like, man, that's a big group. Um, and it is. But there's so much demand. Um, we would rather have the controlled environment of bringing 20 people on for three hours and taking them to the most active locations. And that's what it is. They're there are places where things happen. So that's why. Yeah. That's the one I really want to do. We should do so, that. Yeah. You should. <laughs> and you just like, okay. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's primarily Estes investigation. We put off some K2s and some laser grids, uh, uh, the laser grids and also cat balls are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she puts them on a stand where they're stable and we've gotten it's, if they go off, you're kind of like, it was 10, it was a dollar off of Amazon. It probably yes. Take it with time. a grain of salt. So, yes. <laughs> um, but when they go off with deliberate intention, then it becomes mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so she uses them almost like, almost like trip wires. You know, if there's a hallway, she'll put That's, one. Yep. You know, you do it. That's how you do it. You're like, wait a minute, that just went off, and now we're having an interact. So we look at them that way. We put the most sensitive farther out, uh, and then it also is a way for guests to actually do Estes. Um, to go like, oh shit. So you can 
you can have no interest in the paranormal and I don't know how you couldn't be intrigued by what you're watching because you're like, that's weird. Yeah. That's right. weird, you know? Uh, so we basically move from the isolation ward. Um, uh, they go into they go into B340 because things are happening in there and, and they're interesting things, but I don't think they're historical ship things. I think they're more current things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we go into the rope hold and she's reestablished kind of some conversations with Skylark. Um, but she's also having, uh, Becca's a sweetheart. She doesn't, she didn't, she didn't read Crowley. She doesn't know a lot about Crowley. Um, she just doesn't like him. She's like, this guy's creepy. I don't want to know about him. So last night we're having a conversation. She was like, yeah, it's actually been really good. Um, I haven't seen 66.6 at all. Um, yeah, it, it, it's been going seven, seven, seven instead. And I was like, excuse me, what? And she was like, yeah. Yeah, every night when things get weird, I don't know why it keeps going seven seven seven. I was like, you know, that's one of his books. <laughs> that's literally one of his books. She was like, motherfucker, that's so <laughs> 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 I love this. He has like a ghostly so, nemesis. She's like, I yeah. get him, girl. Yeah. Uh, she really does. And there's this weird dynamic too. And I think there's probably some people who go on the Grey Ghost Project who might think Becca's a little crazy because because Becca has these interactions and things will start to happen. And mm -hmm. Becca will be like, no, no, we're not talking to you. Oh, dang. They're not talking to you. You go away. Wow. And because there have been times that someone at headphones has said something racist there. We had somebody that was, that was black, that was in headphones. And suddenly they took the phones off, the headphones oh. off. And Becca goes, did you, why did you do that? And he was like, I'm not listening to that. Oh. And Becca had to explain to him, like, hey, you know, the ship was around from 1936 to 1967. Okay. So there are things here that, that, you know, you might, you might not belong here. And he was like, that's what I heard. I heard, get out and give me my food and. So I was talking to him like he was a servant, you know. Uh, and then, it, then the historical reference clicked. And Becca has had times where she's doing interactions and the person at headphones was like, if she's wearing pants, dressed like a lady. Wow. So, there's, <laughs> you know, there's a reason back when we first started doing investigations, we were doing them after the show. So I tend to dress in a suit. And, you know, I, I like hats and old stuff. So yeah, um, it's borderline vintage. And Becca would dress 1940s period and would do victory roles. And, you know, she would dress vintage. And then we do these interaction uh, investigations. We had interactions. So one night we were bored and we were off. So we we're like, hey, let's go to the ship and see if anything will happen. And we just came over in like hoodies and t-shirts and nothing happened. Wow. So we have learned that part of the re reason why she dresses vintage is to be recognizable. Yes. Uh, and that she looks like they look or they yeah. expect her to look. Um, and it does seem to help. It, you know, wow. so kind of encourage people like, hey, you know, if you, we get more interactions when people are dressed up. We don't know why, but it looks like you belong here. Uh, you know, if you come with some weird T-shirt that they don't recognize, we still have interactions, but they can sometimes be different. Mm. Uh, I know that before we closed, there was a girl that came uh, who was just, you know, kind of gothy. You know, she, the stuff she was wearing, it was tasteful. It was stuff that you would wear to the mall or out. Oh, but in the 1930s, not so much. You know, so... Um, the girl was like, hi, do you have anything to say to me? And all of a sudden it got real ugly. Or 
get dressed, slut. You know, you're just like, dude, (laughs) you're like, (laughs) I didn't pay for this. (laughs) Rude, go. You don't know me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, but. But you could you could see that you know so uh, so it's to me it's become a very special place uh, yes and we have interactions that we don't seek out sometimes mm. uh, we still run the music in the room twenty four seven and um, what's really funny to me is that uh, uh, Becca and I we came into the room one time and we'd been away for like two weeks we went on vacation. And we came in and there was a there was an ink spot song playing and the song stopped mid play and suddenly started playing Harry James. It's been a long time, long, long time. It was literally like somebody goes, you've been gone a while. Thank you for coming. <laughs> so that song's going to become our song, you know, like it's a romantic song for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's very special to us. So that's our song. But there have been times that uh, we've had an argument. You know, we didn't see eye to eye and we're kind of bickering at each other like couples do. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that in the theater and the song stops and starts playing Harry James. It's been a long, long time. And every time it happens, Becca and I were just like, okay. You know what it is? Yeah. It's literally like we have somebody keeping an eye on us like, oh, yeah. Yeah. cut the shit. Yeah. You love it. Cut the shit. You, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Look, we all need all the help we can get, so that's what it takes. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I'd really like to encourage anybody that would like to have those experiences to come out. Yes. You know, the Grey Ghost Project has been, it it sells out about a week in advance. It's mm-hmm. and I, That's compelling to me because a lot of people aren't paranormal investigators. They're just like, okay, you know, oh, I can go on a tour or I can go look for something. Mm. Um, you know, the price point is high. You know, it's about $100 for the experience. But the price point is high because it's it's exclusive. You're going to do things. It's fair, uh, yes. And, and it's we try to give you value for your money as well. Uh, the Grey Ghost Project is fully documented. They film the whole thing. Wow. Part of your ticket is at the end of the, the night, um, it takes about a week for that much video to get downloaded and then re-uploaded. But about a week after you come, um, you'll get a password to a blog and you can go back and watch your investigation. But not you see right. yours. You can see every investigation that has happened before, and you can see all the ones that happen after. That so, is fair. That is a fair price for what you get because right, I've gone. Yeah. I, I've gotten invitations where it's like, oh, it's three hundred. I'm like, well, what am I getting? Well, you investigate with celebrity. I'm like, and yeah. <laughs> and what else? And that's yeah. it. Like, yeah, you you get the tools. You yeah. go with a professional who knows the ship, yeah. who knows how to investigate, who knows the history. And you're, it's recorded. That's amazing. That's yeah. great and, deal. And we try, like I, uh, Becca's really been around a lot now. You like she's been doing this for mm. you know, five years, six years. So um, she had a hard time the first week doing it because she was like, these people, you know, they use, she's like, not a ghost, not a ghost, not, yeah. no, not a ghost. They no. get so no, not a ghost, excited. You know? Like, yeah. oh, you heard that knock? No, that was that was my knuckle cracking. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they they, but, they really want to see something immediately. But what was amazing is the feedback from people have been like, "Thank you mm-hmm. for being honest and not going, ooh, you know, that oh, what was that?" Oh yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so where it, can people where can people find you, Aiden? Like, where can um, people um travel to purchase these tickets, and where can they follow you and Becca? Uh, you can uh, go to uh, 
the Queen Mary website under attractions. We're listed there. Um, the Grey Ghost Project has its website at greyghostproject.com. And uh, the seance show is called 57 Ghosts. And you can find that at 57ghosts.com. Um, and uh, I, we're on Instagram as well um, and easy to find. And we really encourage you to come out and kind of have fun. You know, it's uh, uh, we just always ask that people to be open-minded, be respectful, be kind. Uh, we are not, we don't work for the Queen Mary. We're, we're our own thing. Uh, and over the last couple of years, I think we've kind of, we've kind of gotten to the point where we like to work with nice people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if you're mean, uh, we'll ask you to leave. We'll just say we'll go. time for it. Truly. Yeah. Um, we do have some pretty strict conditions for the Grey Ghost Project. Um, we do ask that you arrive sober. Um, you know, is it, yeah. you have a clear mind to do Estes and um, to be respectful. Um, there is a security person that goes along with Becca, um, mainly because it is a 20-person group to make sure everybody gets to where they need to go. But they're also there in case, you know, someone is disrespectful or mean or uh, doesn't really understand it, uh, then we'll ask them to leave. Um, we haven't had to do that. Uh, we've been very fortunate. Everybody's come out. It's been very nice to the Grey Ghost Project. Um, but I will say last night, last night we had a, we had a group that came for the seance and you guys got to do it. It's very intimate. It's quiet. Yeah. And we, it's an adult experience. So we encourage it to be 16 and up, but we occasionally will get a phone call from a mother who's like, Hey, I have a really mature 11 year old, um, who is really into the paranormal mm. and you know, I'm sure you guys have met that 11 year old kid who's actually like an 80 year old man. Yeah. You know, so, and there are 16 year olds who couldn't sit through the seance. Who it's, it would be disruptive for them. So last night we made an exception for an 11 year old, great kid, really nice little boy. Mm. And we check everybody in and there was this, uh, we'll just call her Karen. Um, she mm. came up to me and she says, I thought there was an age restriction for 16 year olds. I said, well, we make exceptions sometimes. And she goes, well, I'm not going to a seance with a child in the room. Okay. She goes, I'm not comfortable doing that. I said, that's fine. I'm not comfortable having you in my room. So you can go. Yeah. You know, you can just go. You know, just to me, that was very unkind and mean. And, you know, very disrespectful. You're yeah, bringing all like, of that. Show. <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, and she literally expected that we would turn away this child. And I will, I will have a kind child in my room every day before I will have a mean little, you know, intent, yeah. you know, yeah. right. So, you know, and then when we were like, you can leave. She was like, you can't do that. I was like, yeah, we can. That's we, we can, we can say no to anybody, you know, and it's, we don't want to say no to anyone, but, but we, we're not going to, we're not going to have the experience be detrimental for everyone because someone, you guys have all been in a place where you just, you're like, man, this place would be awesome if that person didn't come. Really, you know, so it brings so much of their bad energy. It poisons everything else that you might. It does, and you just get it. Interactions go down. You know, like that goes away. So we encourage people to be skeptical, but be nice. You know, nice, exactly. Uh, Be nice, be professional, and also be nice to those that you can't see in the room with you at the same time. Very much so, but. Thank we you. have to bring it to a close. Yeah, no, it's good. It's been all time. Time. three hours. This is insane. But we're going to yeah. be breaking this up into two parts. Um, guys, we'll be posting this. I mean, even on Halloween, and and I mean, this all all these events are still going on on the Queen Mary. So please follow Aiden, Becca, yes. and you know, enjoy your time with them. Take it all in and be respectful. 
per usual, of course. Aiden, thank you so much for sharing your stories. You not only yeah. gave us stories of the Queen Mary, but we got an extra treat. We got the Stanley Hotel too, uh, and yeah. experiences and all the amazing stories that come out of the Queen Mary and all 57 ghosts, of course. Thank you once again. You're very welcome. <laughs> Happy Halloween, guys. And remember yes. to stay Holly weird. And this Absolutely. is <laughs> happy uh, happy all the week guys and it was a Thank pleasure you so yeah. much thank you take care once again a huge thank you to our friend magician and apparitionist aiden sinclair and all 57 of his ghosts be sure to support and follow aiden on instagram at aiden sinclair magic and you can also follow his show 57 ghosts on instagram at 57 ghosts show you can learn more about the show. You'll get more information on what to expect before arrival onto the Queen Mary before you set foot into the R deck. And if you want more information about the tours that the Queen Mary has, especially the paranormal tours, then head on over to queenmary.com forward slash tours. Go on their homepage and click on the tours link that will take you to their tour page and you can find out more information about the 57 ghosts seance, the theatrical experience, heavy emphasis on theatrical folks. And if you want to take it a little step further, you want to be a little more spooky, then you definitely want to do the gray ghost experience with Aiden's partner, Becca. And I heard it's fantastic. It's wonderful. And you better get your seat booked for that tour because they go by pretty fast. All right, folks, if you love Holly Weird Paranormal, please give us a high rating and a great review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us little indie podcasters shine a little brighter. And if you want to follow us some more, you can follow us on social media at Holly Weird Paranormal at Facebook and Instagram. And we're at HWP Podcast on X, formerly known as Twitter. To learn more about Hollyweird Paranormal, head on over to hollyweirdparanormal.com. There you'll get caught up with past episodes, seasons, and so much more. You'll also get more information about us, myself and Bryce, and our bios, and you can shop our merch store and click on the link for our Patreon page if you feel like you want to support the podcast and keep this Hollyweird train moving. For as little as $1 or more per month for however many months you wish to support the podcast, because a little does go a long way, you can do so by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash Paranormal. Once you become a Patreon member, you'll be automatically inducted into our Saturday Night Ghost Club. This is our secret podcast society filled with true ghost stories because like we said before, everyone has a ghost story and we recorded these ghost stories from acquaintances, friends, and coworkers. And you'll also be gifted in magnets, stickers, coasters for your iced coffee, because you know how we are with our iced coffee, and also more goodies. Okay, friends, take care of yourselves and each other, and be sure to have a wonderful and safe Halloween, even though it's on a Tuesday. <laughs> All right, till next time, friends. And always remember to stay Holly weird. Till next time. <laughs>